0: hello and welcome to the vorthos cast i'm jay and ellie i'm lorelei Weissel i'm brian dawes
1: i'm chris Delano. and i'm carrie thomas and this is our 2022 story wrap-up our year in review and i know it's kind of overshadowed by the elephant in the room um this story community is just going wild for the A Visual Guide Magic The Gathering Book by Jay and Ellie. Um, oh,
0: you mean Magic The Gathering: The Visual Guide available you, now from your local bookstore? Yeah, people
1: people are having trouble because they're like buying them out at Barnes and Nobles and Books a Million and Borders. Uh-huh. Even they're opening some of the Borders <laughs> just to <laughs> sell the books again. <laughs> so.
2: You, you can order it directly from the publisher at Donkey Kong Limited. <laughs>
3: <Okay>. <laughs>
1: they, do, they do sell it on their website. I think you have to go through Penguin Random House, though. Yes, you can order it directly. You can you can get this book wherever, and it is the perfect um, holiday gift. So there you
2: go. God, I, I hope people want it for, for Christmas, because I've got two extra copies. <laughs> I, uh, I accidentally pre-ordered the book uh, multiple times.
1: Chris is doing the work of inflating these order numbers it's (laughs) a shame because I've been sitting here being
4: like wow great joke would be to be like wow you can even get it on Amazon but that just makes me feel dirty to even think about saying as a joke yeah (laughs) do get it anywhere
1: else if you can like
2: Fun fact: There's only one other book that I've bought three copies of uh, this oh, year. Oh no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. Chris! <laughs> it was War of the Spark Forsaken.
0: God, this is explain explain why it's because uh. we made the mistake of posting addresses in the group chat, and you were trolling us.
2: <laughs> oh, y'all just wait. The Carrie was just the first to suffer.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I got three. Three courtesy shrink wrapped fresh copies of. War of the Spark Forsaken, and um, I think that's the most copies of that book probably anybody in the world has, <laughs> so there you go.
0: All right, so as Carrie mentioned, Magic the Gathering, the visual guide by Jay and Ellie is now out. Uh, I'm really happy with the way it turned out. We will, once everyone has a copy here, we will have an episode or at least part of an episode more more dedicated to it.
4: Yeah. Uh, I'm really happy you got Planeswalker Heights in the book, <laughs> published.
0: So that was actually... Um, I wasn't originally going to include that, but uh, DK always has, like, bio data for yeah. characters in these. So they were, like, really insistent. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess we, we actually get to publish stuff. Oh, this is, um, oh, that's ages were tough, because, like... Not everyone has a canon age.
4: Yeah. Uh,
0: So they're like, there are a bunch of characters. I could have put like a specific number as of brothers war. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it just like, it was just looked ugly to have someone be like, this character is 27 and someone else is roughly mid (laughs) thirties. You know, like, so we we just, it
4: it means I don't have to sit on all the cursed height data that I have known. Uh, Everyone gets to know that Nyssa is five foot two and that's great. (laughs)
0: oh yeah so yeah that was all um that is that existed i think the the franchise team developed stuff like that for for all the planes for for a select number of planeswalkers it didn't exist for everyone some of the characters i had to guesstimate i had to go back to artwork where they appeared with someone else and be like all right well you're slightly shorter than this one so i'm going to subtract an inch or two or you're slightly taller that kind of thing uh but like the the big names, the core characters, the ones who've been printed fifty times, like they all have data.
4: Well, Nahiri is the only core character.
0: <clears throat> oh, you you're- got, got it. Uh, and okay, so enough about the book for now, although I personally think it's great. Although, side note, I think it's hilarious. I am reading, like, the the Reddit threads and stuff, and there's one Reddit thread who's starting to speculate that Fiora is going to be important because it has a two-page spread, essentially, and I need you to understand something. I had more freedom with this book, and Dak Faden and Doretti are two of my favorite characters in Magic, so, um yeah i just i just gave it a highlighted spot <laughs> it's
1: it's
0: it's 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 not gonna matter all
1: that there's much. there's a reason fiora will be important but that's that rhymes with bat so who knows <laughs> oh my god <laughs> uh, we love right, rap coasting have... in 2022
2: <laughs> <laughs> we have we have other news to talk about uh including uh some very uh interesting news from uh Phyrexia, all will be one, the, the set coming out. Uh, there's going to be 10 planeswalkers, and uh, five of them are going to be completed.
0: Yeah. Right into the
2: story. So uh, that's been a big topic of conversation for the past.
0: Except few. cough. Except cough. Except yeah. cough. Oh, so the that's l- the other piece of
2: news. You're getting ahead of me, Jay. Oh, I apologize. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'm just going to skip right to it. The cough watch, the cough watch has ended.
1: Yeah.
0: We're getting Koth.
1: Solid decade there,
0: and so our watch ends. <sighs> great. Yeah. So the nice thing about going back to New Phyrexia is that we go back to to Koth as well. Uh, so the Planeswalkers that are in contention here are, I think it's the uh, Nahiri, Tyvarkel, Kaito, Luca, Nissa, Jace, Vraska. Koth, who we already mentioned, uh, is not uh, at risk. Uh, the Wanderer, and there's someone I'm forgetting. Who am I forgetting? Well, it doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is not. This is please. This is this is just me trying to remember them off the top of my head because I've had to remember all these characters a whole lot <laughs> recently. Uh, keep, uh kaya, track of, I think
4: is who you
0: kaya thank kaya. you yes mm-hmm. kaya yeah yeah so kaya is also there
4: you know the one who actually knows how to use the silex yeah
0: yeah <laughs> so kaya is is important um i just forgot to name her sorry i really like kaya though i really like that Kaya's kind of been central to this whole yeah. arc um, it's been nice cause you know, she's, she's the one who discovered Vorenklex, uh, at first and, uh, has been kind of a through line for this.
1: Wait, which Kaya are we talking about? Do you have a possible last name for her listed on the biography pages on, Is that the wizards. on the bi- com? Is yeah. That Kaya Cass the- here.
0: Yeah. 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 Okay. Yep. Yep. So
1: we, she we does have a last got-
0: name there just like Teferi. So did, did the comic with Teferi's last name come out this year?
1: Yes. Uh, and then it was doubly done in the Jaya Ballard Memorial page. So technically signed as a COSA there.
2: Technically the comic where we had the name revealed was last year. But, it's been uh, a while. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh
0: so what I'll say about Teferi's last name is um it did not make it into the DK book because we weren't positive that um uh that it was like I don't remember the exact timing cuz I feel like the comic came out around the same time uh but we ended up not including it in the DK book and then like literally like a month after the DK book was locked uh that cough mem- uh, the not Koth, the Jaya Ballard memorial page comes out and uses it and I'm like oh well <laughs> okay um <clears throat> so yeah uh, it's So fun fact, though, uh, both that and Kassir are actually both in the uh, index, I believe, um, beca- <laughs> because uh, uh, it was it was kind of last minute, back and forth, figuring out whether or not we should include them for this particular book.
2: We're going to talk more about that when we talk about the book, which we are yeah, doing I'll a talk, whole episode well, about the book. Yeah,
0: right? yeah, 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 yeah. That's fair. All right. So one other cool thing about these planeswalkers is that they have a alternate reality version where each of these 10 planeswalkers is completed. And it's like, what if this character got comp- completed uh, rather than a guarantee? So all 10 of them have artwork like manga style artwork of them being completed, which I think it is pretty neat. It's a, it's a pretty cool idea. Um, all right. Should we talk about the sets this year and the stories?
4: There were sets and stories this year.
0: there were yeah so let's start uh 2022 in review with the first uh premiere set kamigawa neon dynasty so what did you all think of the story here this one made a really big impact
2: yeah (laughs) you could say it made a really (laughs) big impact uh this was a really really good story and um I mean, like, No Shade for 2021, which had some, like, really great stories, really loved it. Uh, but this was a great way to kick off the year, in my opinion. It was a really cool story, really great new characters in Kaito and uh, kind of sort of the Wanderer, as in, like, it's her first, uh, you know, real story uh, premiere. Um, I thought it was great. I thought the uh, the Jinkataxias twist, question mark, was sort of, like well projected kind of saw that coming but the way it was utilized in the story was really cool uh, and of course you know the ending um that was that was a lot
3: i'm anti-phyrexia to the max so that that ending really hurt me in all sorts of personal ways even though i've never really been a huge fan of tamio as a character but no i'm sorry as a card not a character character's fine she's great i love her as mom of the the of the orphaned and of the needy she's she's a great person and or great character and not super fond of her being phyrexianized but you know i i i thought that it was a great way to reintroduce the community to kamigawa even though it's millennia in the future and i thought they handled it very well i wish we had seen a little bit more of the spirit stuff but i, I understand why they didn't um and I, I thought that they did the world really well in, in the story that they told and how they told it. So
1: Yeah, so two points like we have the kind of debut of the burst of fiction where they just kind of give you an onslaught in a very short amount of time. Yeah,
0: this is what the Kamigawa was when they first did like just they, it's they, all they, coming out in a week.
1: Yeah, the Kaido story came early. We got the 10 saga stories that went along with those. And then we also got main fiction, side fiction. Um, I think beyond 10 stories because Kaido's stuff was a little bonus, um, his origin story. But yeah, that was quite the approach and has been the approach they've pretty reliably stuck with at this point. I don't know if that will continue going forward or... um, but. People have differing feelings about it. Obviously, it gets ahead of spoilers in a lot of ways, or previews as preview card preview season begins. Um, but gets people the story reveals they want pretty early. The Tamiyo one, I believe, was like a little mistimed because I saw a lot of people in Discord saying they got spoiled on the Tamiyo card being tweeted from the main account before they got the chance to read the story uh when they were trying to keep up with the story but it was like an hour or around an hourish after the story had been published that they tweeted out the cards. so pretty major um discrepancy there but aside from that like we also had the major revelations that planeswalkers are susceptible (laughs) through through Jin's work there i think We've had um, decades of good information and some misinformation about how Planeswalkers may or may not be susceptible to yeah. Phyrexianization, and now that is put to rest because they are. Um, except in Tezzeret's case, which you know he's personally debating with himself whether he is or not. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, he yes. got
2: he got the the jab from from Big Daddy
0: Bolus, so
2: yes. you know.
1: And, um, Koth,
0: Elspeth, and Karn were all immunized by Malira, while Tezzeret got, like, an injection from some random Vidalkin that said it would slow down the progress.
1: Yes. So, they're we susceptible. We can... I mean, it's recruiting the planeswalker, the headlining planeswalker characters to the enemy side, which is huge for Phyrexians, because... They don't have a lot going for them being a relatively plane bound force. So being able to corrupt people and in some cases sneakily corrupt people and then reveal them after the fact is pretty huge advantage. So that's
0: yeah, fun. So the, the old fanon was that uh, planeswalkers were immune to completion uh, but that was like a garbling of a bunch of different stuff that happened. So I'm glad it's just they can be completed now. They've, they've successfully and keep their spark. Uh, that's what's important now.
2: <laughs> Tell us how Boo you really feel,
0: Brian. <laughs> Brian's still holding a grudge from when Elidh died like 300 years ago. So
3: hey, you don't know and that him we d- we never he we died off camera yeah. or he allegedly <laughs> died true. off camera so you know his body <laughs> even hope. if he
2: did die even if he did die his body could still be there in dominaria and you know we've he learned if bones. your body look
3: is here. still there look here don't <laughs> you do this no absolutely not
4: uh i i think when it comes to kamagawa and this set returning to a plane that was universally disliked on every single metric when it was released was a big risk, and yeah. if thing if if Neon Dynasty didn't go well, speaking frankly, it would have been a major fuck up. Uh, building on top of a previous major fuck up, and. Um, that Neon Dynasty succeeded at all, let alone the ridiculous level it did. People are saying it's one of their favorite limited formats of all time. People loved the characters. Kaido was delightful, getting more character development and the Wanderer was delightful. People loved the stories. People loved the cards. People loved the the world building and the themes and the limited. I, it It is one of the best performing sets i've seen in the community almost ever uh and that is a big testament for how much everybody at every step in every process uh really made good choices and salvaged arguably magic's worst plane um and turned it into something that people actually enjoy that's very impressive work
2: yeah i i agree wholeheartedly it was uh it was a really ambitious project for, for wizards to do. And I think they hit it out of the park.
4: Right. Cause, um, and it's, and it's not just, we have to fix Kamagawa, but it's also, we are pushing technology in magic. The gathering as a brand far beyond what it's ever been before. Uh, Kaladesh pushed it really far. Uh, and yeah, you know, dynasty was just like, damn, we just are going to do cyberpunk, but with magic tech. And, um, It, it's here and people like it. And that means it's probably going to stick around. Uh, so I guess I'll see y'all in Kamagawa three
1: sometime. Wow. Yeah, I will say there were, um, I don't think we need to touch on them for every single set, but Kamagawa did get like a little anime video. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to go along with it, it got, which was really like, um, well, cool. We've had a lot of weird marketing yeah. expressions. It got, including-
0: a, it got a visual novel and a manga as well. So there's like yeah. a manga version of the main story, which is more or less follows the same plot. Uh, and then there's a visual novel that is not canon, uh, but is it's kind of cute that we got a visual novel for the Kamigawa set.
1: Yeah. And then like moving on the streets of the New Kipana, we got a soundtrack there. Um, I don't think we've had soundtracks in oh, yeah. the time sense but like cool little side projects that are fun
2: i i don't want to interrupt you but there was a soundtrack for kamigawa neon dynasty yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh i
1: yeah. wasn't gonna attack it on top on top mm-hmm. of the other three <laughs> yeah well, there was a Hatsune thing right mm. so <laughs> we got there too
0: <laughs> both of these sets were a big risk um because mm. streets of nuka penna is definitely the most modern fantasy Mm -hmm. Wizards has ever done. yeah. uh, Pushing into the 20th century in terms of uh, visual aesthetics and technology level.
4: Yeah, it's an interesting thing where uh, Neon Dynasty sits in a sci-fi area where the technology is futuristic and thus not realistic, whereas Nuka Penna, even though it's based on 1920s, 1930s technology, is far more realistic seeming than Neon Dynasty um, because it is presenting itself that much closer to real-world technology that we can go out and see and experience largely still. Uh, we still have subways. We still have skyscrapers. We still have Art Deco architecture. People know what cars of the era look like. And uh, by the way, New had just had cars like that. Um, they're cool. They're made out of giant bugs.
0: They <laughs> they rented out a, a essentially an Italian restaurant that was looked like a a big you know 1920s speakeasy um for this event like you can you can find this stuff they also made great decisions like who they hired for the streets of new capena video we don't we don't have to get into any more of that but you know
4: fantastic (laughs)
0: choices on the creative
4: text team too
0: yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um so what about the story cuz we're obviously a lore podcast.
4: <laughs> My girlfriend uh, just looked at me from across the room and flipped me off. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> The story of Nuka Penna included a lethal finger gun, so I counted it as a win. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so fun. So duh I I love the
4: world building of Nuka a lot. Not to be in New York Valley but I like the world building of Nuka a lot. <laughs> the the fact that the Maestros literally have finger guns is and like have have specific cuffs on on their jackets to be like silencers and like have the muzzle flash animation thing. Like it's all it's so good. It's so good.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, but- I really I really liked uh, how much they, they leaned into it. Cause I don't have anything to do with that world building design. Um, so I was really pleased with like the war crimes they got away with in terms of <laughs> puns and things like one of the, one of the mob bosses is the Italian Falcon. Another is a literal fat cat. Like it is, oh, it's so good. It's and not everyone liked that. All right. Like I, I've, I've, I've scrolling through the discords. Like I saw people who absolutely hated the finger guns and this and that. But I thought it was, you know, uh, I thought it was cute. I I liked it a lot. I would be excited to return to New Capenna.
4: Yeah, I have, like, a complicated relationship with a lot of pop culture depictions of Italian-American immigrants in Mafia. Um, And I think, you know, my personal experience is that the set in the world went a little too hammy on it. I would have liked to see a little more groundedness in some of the, the realistic experiences of, you know, diaspora and poverty and, and such. And like, we're not going to get that in a magic story, uh, you know, in, in a couple thousand word magic side story. Um, but like, I, I like that the world definitely supports all those things, which is great. Um, I cannot stress enough, uh, world guides are fantastic, <laughs> and everyone who writes them is great, and seeing how robust this city is, is, is very cool from the inside, and um, the set even only gets to show so much, uh, and I really hope we get to go back one day. And this this is the set this year that I'm a little worried about because people didn't like the limited format, which is like a big important part about a set's success um, and uh, returning to that world. And now, now we do have Exelon uh, next year, which was also a largely beloved limited format. Um, so it's not like impossible to go back to New Capena, but I really hope we do because I want to excavate this world a little bit more um and I hope we get to do that one day
0: I hope I I get to write for it it again I'd like to see it push beyond just the the one Mm -hmm. city
4: yeah we and we had a we had a little bit in there uh there is there is literally a a, like civilian revolt against a bank on one card um but uh, <clears throat> I don't know. All I'm saying is this is the era where you you have the foundation of the Communist Party of the United States of America and a lot of populist movements and uh, <laughs> workers' rights and all that stuff. Uh, and then capitalism failed uh, and socialism helped get us out of that. And, you know, all I'm saying is, like, this is a good era <laughs> for storytelling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe learning some lessons about history from.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So uh,
2: as for the, as for the individual stories of streets of new Capenna, uh, I thought that this had some of my favorite side stories of like all time. Um, I absolutely loved the, the maestro side story, uh, but it Mm -hmm. was one of my favorite pieces of magic fiction. I thought it was great. I thought the main story, um, delivered on the noir feel that they were going for with like the detective work and the, the sort of like Elspeth as the detective trying to uncover the secrets. Um, I think, uh, I understand the (laughs) the big failing and the elephant in the room. That's not Frankie peanuts is that, uh, they, uh, they didn't give us a story for the Riveteers. And I think that kind of feeds into like the, the, what you were saying a little bit Lorelai about how there are as aspects of this like world that they didn't really explore. And the Riveteers is probably one of the most important ones in terms or, of like,
4: Hey, they yeah. built this city. They don't even get a story. We're going to even get a song. Organi- organize about, a strike <laughs> is all I'm
2: saying. Rock and roll. Um, but, uh, yeah. So I think that if, when we go back to new Capenna, I'm hoping we get a story, uh, that is really involved with the Riveteers. Mm-hmm and gives us a good view into like what it means to be a Riveteer. But this was also kind of the, yeah, this was, this was kind of, so Neon Dynasty did it a little bit where they had side stories that were directly related to the main story in the sense of Kaito's uh, origin stories are kind of a side story for Neon Dynasty. Mm -hmm. Um, And this one gave us a side story that was just straight up part of the main story. It just, it just got put in the side story section. Um, and so that was an interesting choice, kind of breaking up the the five and five world that we lived in for so long, um, pretty successfully ish. If they hadn't uh, cut the Riveteer story as as an option there, but um, yeah, I thought that was a good thing to do. Was like, hey, let's kind of
1: break up that that
2: uh, persistent combo that we've had for so long.
1: Yeah, and I think that New Capena's story. Started in an awkward spot having to pick up from Elspeth's journey that we didn't really get to see. Yep, so yep, yep. people were like, this is kind of a, um uncertain place to start. But we pick up with Elspeth. She doesn't make that much reference to the events of Theros. and Probably for good, for that matter. But we get to see... Her actual journey through the main story, Obnixilis, I've heard and probably agree with some complaints that he was mm-hmm. a little flat in this story as a villain. Um, and I know there was some confusion about the Giada angel stuff at the end. Ultimately, like those are small potatoes in the grand scheme of things for the world's reception and the story's reception, but they were still issues that were brought up in the community, and Um, I'm sure they'll learn from, because honestly, like we've seen improvement since Zendikar rising and the return to web fiction for what things people want to see and what topics you should be um, devoting story time to, since there's only a limited amount of it in most cases. You need to be careful with what you're actually spending it on, and major story events like The Angels Returning was just kind of... um, little confusing for fans so
0: all right uh let's move on to dominaria united so this was our big return to dominaria after four years from our last big return to dominaria uh this is also the beginning of a multi-set arc uh whereas up until now we had kind of been jumping between you know there was a um there was like a meta narrative an overarching narrative that we knew was coming from Time forward with new Phyrexia becoming a threat again. Uh, but Dominary United was the beginning of this sequence. That's going to end with March, the machines epilogue aftermath, whatever, whatever mm-hmm. they named it.
4: <laughs> <I think> it's <laughs> aftermath. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Aftermath. Uh, I lived with epilogue for so long that I, hey, I
3: Yeah, I know sometimes, <laughs>
0: So I what do you think, mm-hmm. Brian? Go for it.
3: Uh, I think Dominar United story was, th- it was really good at times. I feel like parts of it were rushed, um, especially toward the end, since they had so many sides to address with all of the um, factions uniting um, and, like, with how... Phyroxian threat was revealed. They they had to make it impactful with the initial scene, but then at the end, like you have all these battles popping up all over the plane, you have to hop between each one, so it's kind of I felt it was kind of rushed, but I, I felt that they did the best of what they could, so I, I can't give them too much, because they did want to show that the entire plane had to come together under this united front against this much-dreaded threat after millennia of not being there so um but yeah it, it wasn't bad I, I, um anytime anything's directionized it automatically gets a negative one point for me but you know that's <laughs> that's, that's that's just my anti-direction bias so I, i'm willing to own that but you know seeing the weatherlight get directionized and seeing Johnny get it, it with what seemed to be a really quick turnaround it, like that was really surprising because it didn't seem like they made it it the way that the story told it made it seem like he was not gone for very long before he was fully ferrectionized and, and a sleeper at that point. So But you know, I, I thought it was okay. It wasn't my favorite set of stories, but it was okay given what was what needed to happen. So
2: Yeah, I think of, of all the sets in recent history, um, Dominar United suffered the most from the five the five paradigm. Um in that it was it was good. Dominar United was really the stories were good. I really loved, especially the um, what was it, the third episode in the Lock Tower where yep. they were like doing the, thing the thing episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um I thought that was really cool, really well written. I enjoyed all of the stories, um, but it did feel like some of it was rushed a little bit in the pacing wise. Um, and then also on top of that, it felt like there were side stories that should have been part of the main narrative. Um, Specifically the story where the weatherlight gets Phyrexianized, that should be part of the main narrative. It's a really important part of the story. Uh, And it was a side story. So it was like, I would have liked that to have been part of the main. Uh, But otherwise I think it was a really, um, I think it was a pretty successful return to Dominaria. It was not Dominaria of, uh, 2018, uh, but it was Dominaria, and it felt like Dominaria. The stories felt like Dominaria, so I felt that was successful.
4: Yeah, Here's I, my...
3: Oh, go ahead.
4: I, th- I think the main complaint I saw in the community for this set was that uh, this weather-like crew that we got endeared to over 12 stories the last time we were on Dominaria... Did basically nothing in this story, and having some, and it just feels like we got all these characters set up, and then none of those characters mattered in a way, and all these other new characters were suddenly here, and uh, I think for a lot of people that was a miss, um, and there's probably a good lesson there at about you know. Uh, keeping those kinds of legendary creature through lines a little, uh, better. Like you look at Innistrad, we've gotten Alia and Audric and Olivia basically every time we go. Um, and, uh, I, I think Ravnica has done this better than almost any plane because we have these guild masters and, uh, each guild usually has a secondary associated creature that we keep getting in stories. Um, this is how you be niv and end up with like 30 cards. And <laughs> um, I think that is definitely one of the places where this Dominaria set missed for a lot of people. Um, even though it did hit on a lot of characters who didn't get the spotlight. So like Joda didn't get the spotlight last time, but did get the spotlight this time. Rona didn't get the spotlight last time, but did get a little bit more action this time. And so mm-hmm. uh there's a balance there that I again I agree was I think hurt by the that
1: 5-5 split yeah my only minor gripe is that and this may be unpopular among cast members but I really really strongly feel that the Liliana story revealing Limdul should have been at it should have been a garden of flesh type story where it's like a Mm -hmm. prequel and you get the card early and I know that might be a wrench in the preview schedule or whatever but it just it really didn't make sense in the Dominaria story to dedicate a side story to that like I understand she's in the set probably for reasons that not necessarily motivated entirely by story considering she wasn't interacting with the rest of the main crew that we were looking at but She had a valuable story, it's just maybe there do need to be weird one-off stories that are either um, story important, like in the case of A Garden of Flesh, which we'll discuss in a little bit, or um, promotional plus story important in the case of Liliana, where it's like she is a card in the set. She maybe isn't directly tied to the main Dominari United plot, so we want to get in front of that, put her out there, tell her little story before we start diving into the meat of Phyrexian Betrayal. Secret Phyrexian Betrayal. I love uh, that
0: you're set, talking about diving into the meat and uh, <laughs> you're referencing Garden of Flesh.
2: Yes. Now I do want to point out that there was a really core character in Liliana's story. Um, <sighs> so specifically Ellis <Alice> yeah. Ilkor. <laughs> <laughs>
4: We're getting there. <laughs> I
1: have to we make gotta, the joke we again. Milk these references,
4: <laughs> uh, but but I think I think we should take a moment as a cast, given that the people behind the Limdul theory for the Raven Man are on this show. This is uh, it's I mean,
0: literally us. Yeah, get, it was literally us.
4: <laughs> I mean, it's, it's literally what got Jay Carey and I to like get a group chat on Twitter and and start talking about this stuff, which. Uh, Long story short is how we ended up here today, uh, and and that just is ended up being how things went, uh, and uh, and that's hilariously
0: cool. we were researching slivers. It was slivers <laughs> we were we were interested in and stumbled well, no, well, across you the were, limb duel You
4: were thinking about limb duel and I was looking at chandelier sliver things, um, and uncovered some geographical stuff. Uh, And I think you had the Chandelar, the Micropro Chandelar booklet. Mm -hmm. Uh, And And it all lined
0: up nicely. Which
4: specifically said that a bunch of summoned creatures got stuck on Chandelar. And I'm like, oh my god. A bunch (laughs) of summoned creatures got stuck on Chandelar literally outside the skep.
3: and.
4: Anyway, I believe LaShraq brought the slivers to Chandelar, but (laughs) we, uh, that's it for another podcast episode.
0: (laughs) So, Dominaria United, I will say, I, in the Dominaria 2018, I was disappointed Joda did not get a bigger role. I actually had nothing to do with Joda having like a more central role to this one. I think this was. Dominaria is just a tough plane to do because, like. It's too big and it's been like a whole bunch of different worlds of hats. So this one, if you pay attention is like, it is very much has a Teresier focus likely because the brothers war was following it up and it yep. wanted to have that kind of thematic through line. Uh, so, and so that kind of necessitated the Teresier characters taking the spotlight, the Jaya and Joda and stuff. But yeah, no, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree. Uh, I, you know, my, those are things that happen for a variety of reasons. And I don't think they're not. I, I Well, I think they're valid criticisms, honestly, about not. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. We'll talk about what the, yes. the, the, the criticisms were at the end here. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, let's move on to Brothers War, which I think was Best set this ever. the this one, biggest this success a of the year.
1: It was a big flop. Nobody likes it. You're kicked
0: <laughs> off. Oh, hold on. Hold Right click, kick, and mute. <laughs> and, and ban.
1: This has probably been the best received story since Ixelon, maybe like Exelon block. And uh-huh. that is pretty damn high praise considering um, you know, everything that it has to deal with. So
2: mm-hmm. this was uh in contrast to Dominar United, the absolute best. 5-5 five, five split they've ever done because it wasn't really a 5-5 five, five split for main and side story we just had one main story written by two people that's basically what we got and it was uh, absolutely the best magic story has been in years just hands down no question asked uh, just Reinhardt and Miguel knocked it out of the park in every measure
0: Yeah. And I think we talked about this when we talked about the Brothers War, but having a modern plot that was not tied to like a bunch of cards in the set gave them breathing room and that character time uh, to really like let things simmer in advance of, you know, obviously things are going to happen in Phyrexia. All will be one. But having that moment to breathe between dominari united and uh phyrexia all will be one well i'm not gonna say that every time and between you know dmu and one uh i think was really really advantageous
4: yeah you i know. i was very surprised um when i when we were working on the set um for creative text
0: oh, that's right you uh, worked on the set <laughs> yeah
4: <laughs> C- congrats uh congrats jay this was your first creative text
0: it was yeah well, i think little i
4: did right. maybe um, I was under the impression that the present day story was kind of going to be tacked on at like as, as a more as a used more as a framing story for the past stories, uh, rather than have its own five full stories. Um, and I'm really glad it got that space. Reinhardt got to do a lot of really good character work, uh, which, um, if you go back and, uh, listen to our interview with him, um, you know, we mentioned a lot of these moments, uh, uh, Elspeth uh, happening upon Joda and Chandra uh, drinking in uh, Jaya's honor and them all sharing this uh, just unfathomable grief over Ajani. Um, the little moments between Nissa and Ren and between Nissa and Gaia. We, we just got to have moments to sit. Uh, with characters and have them interact, and that was nice. It was good. Um, it's the kind of stuff that makes people fall in love with characters. Um, and God, we even got that great Tezret story mm-hmm. on uh, New Phyrexia. And so, I, I don't know. I I would love to see more stories. Like that, uh, where, like, I think, I think the thing that has happened with Dominaria United and the previous Dominaria set is that when you have like fifteen characters, most of your stories end up being going from plot beat to plot beat. And for this story, for Brothers War, the present day story, uh, we got to you know all the satisfactory plot beats were there, including a whole bunch of plot beats that I wasn't even aware were going to happen, but we also got all that social time. Uh, And the past stories did a a great job of highlighting a lot of these social moments, um, because the past stories were not telling the story of the Brothers War, the novel, they were much smaller looks at individual groups of characters um, during the war itself, and or in some cases after the war. Uh, and it was so good. It was so good.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Uh, so let's let's summarize. Unless anyone has anything they want to add to the bro talk, because we have some more stuff to talk about yet. Uh, believe it or not, this wasn't only the only story content this year. Uh, so I think for to give kind of like an official Forthos cast constructive criticisms. Like the five and five split, I think it's pretty unanimous that it's doesn't always seem to quite do it and uh, needs to be reevaluated, you all think. Would you all agree with that?
2: Yeah, I think it I think it needs to be um, I don't think there's a problem with having side stories in a main story. I think the they need to allow the main story to develop at the pace it needs to, even if that means it's not five stories. And even if that means that we get like a 7-3 split if we're sticking to 10. You know, like mm-hmm. let us let the main story develop. Uh don't feel forced into a 5-5. Five, five. Just do what you gotta do, you know?
4: Or, I mean it yeah, also not... works the other way. If you mm-hmm. are only going to allot five stories for your main set story, you have to make mm-hmm. sure to tell stories within that
0: scope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a fair criticism. Mm-hmm.
4: Like it it, it works. Both of those directions, and like, I th- I think Magic, I like I th- I think since Endark Rising has uh, started the web fiction again, it is Magic story has been adapting better and better and better. Uh, so this is like clearly something that is improving, and so so that's good to see.
2: My uh, my bold prediction for 2023 is that we will see the end of the five five split at least uh, in some way. Uh, we will, yeah, you also have will, to remember yeah. that
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> the Brother's War story was written a, mm-hmm. a while ago. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, another thing I heard that I think is worth bringing back up is the uh, a character through line from previous visits, right? We talked about the Weatherlight crew. Uh, it didn't really apply with Streets of Nukapena or Kamigawa, uh, but in Dominari United, it felt like we kind of shoved – the previous stars off to the side to focus on a new group of characters. And maybe that's just a Dominaria problem because there are too many characters, but we'll see, um, uh, going forward.
4: Dominaria is definitely the plane where that issue is going to crop up literally every time you visit. Uh,
0: and then the last one is, and this is going to get us into the next two things we're going to talk about, uh, more one-off stories, that are not tied to a block, and are, but are kind of connective tissue, uh, like a Garden of Flesh, which we talked about. Uh, that was kind of tied to Streets of Nucapenna. It was like a bonus story around the Streets of New Capenna, uh, time timeframe uh, featuring Ashiok, uh, fresh from that story of Theros Beyond Death, where they learned about Phyrexia uh, mm-hmm. from Elspeth's Nightmares. And they went Great to Phyrexia. Novella. And Loved they, it. they, um, I mean, that part's in the summary at least. <laughs> but they went to New Phyrexia and they instilled a nightmare in Elish Norn.
1: I like yeah. That. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think this was the perfect, like, tantalizing thread of everything coming together mm-hmm. and it essentially coming right before Dominario United launched us into the full speed ahead of the, um, New Phyrexian. Invasion arc, if, if I can call it that, um, is it was it was a perfect setup, and I'm all for more of these stories, even if they're interstitial, even if they're unrelated to the like. Obviously, we're in New Phyrexia mode, so it wouldn't make sense to throw um, Battle Bond story number one into <laughs> this this <laughs> gap between sets, but like. When you have the time to tell cool little one-off stories that might be teasing future content, we're always in favor of those.
0: Uh, We also got Note from a Stranger, which was tied to the Pride secret layer. Uh, What I will say is I really liked uh, that the story was just kind of a slice of life, that we got to sit with characters for a while and also deliver on something that had kind of been implied in the past but never, never followed up on
4: yeah uh what did i say earlier people fall in love with their characters when they have cute little interactions with each other this was literally just a story of cute little interactions quite literally between two characters um it was great to see allison back uh writing a story she did a freaking fantastic job with the most adorable lesbians of the multiverse um (laughs) yeah great story
1: my only item for this story was there was obviously um, a little bit of controversy with how the release went. And I believe multiple South American countries had it restricted, even though their requirements for restriction didn't exactly apply to them. And I think that got negotiated and um, eventually lifted so that people had access to the story or they got even stranger messages um yeah just like again with maybe maybe a little bit more care and attention to these things because it seems like a lot of these people knew their own country's laws better than uh you know the content litigation uh would imply so
0: yeah so uh let's kind of do a lightning round of other products because there were did you, did, did you all know there were a lot of products released this year?
2: There sure were, and they're not even all on this list because I edited it. Oh, <laughs> oh I, my I, goodness. I, I
4: literally you? had no idea. Literally no one on the internet has talked about it.
2: Hey, did y'all know that the very first thing released this year was actually, uh like, the very first set that came out was actually Innistrad Double Feature? <laughs> I do remember oh, no. that now. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. We're, we're not going to yeah. talk about that anymore. No, we're not. Light, lightning round, L- uh, love it. One sentence about it. Unfinity. I personally loved it. Loved the wackiness. Loved the uh, the little stuffed animal stickers of the planeswalkers. Got us a Vorthos card. I can't
1: complain. It was amazing.
3: I did not get to play it as much as I wanted to, so I'm very disappointed with that. So
1: <laughs> I was medium I, on it because Urza was in it. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Uh, I like that the onsets stick to a tight, coherent world building theme. I think it's made Unfinity like uh, Unstable before it hit a lot better than the first two unsets. So
1: good job
0: uh okay double masters i don't think we need to talk about that because that didn't have any it had (laughs) some new art it
1: had new art and new flavor text and i think there was a crucible of worlds with sarah just do more shit like that talk about old Mm -hmm. walkers remember Mm -hmm. that they exist put them on cards i love Mm -hmm. it i'll eat it up every day yeah because you know it's
0: not like sarah yeah sarah Sarah hasn't been (laughs) relevant for like 20 real world years so yeah it's nice um jump start
4: in this calendar year i got Sarah writing published uh she she i believe got pushed to the uh neon dynasty update uh if her arena vl so i i literally had my Sarah work be published this year it was weird it's a weird feeling
0: so jumpstart 2022 this one i will say on the product side i'm always confused about because they have like jumpstart products tied to the sets yeah, but then there's I, like an actual big jumpstart product
4: yeah. yeah,
0: I like a lot yeah. of the I like a lot of the themes. I like I like a lot of the new legends that come out of it because they feel more interesting than the twenty generic more generic legends we get every set now. Um,
1: Are you but, saying yeah. perhaps we get too many legends? <laughs> I've got I bad news about the next part in this a, lineup.
0: <laughs> I am saying I published a book in twenty twenty one talking about how. We were probably going to hit 1000 pretty soon, 1000 legends pretty soon. And within a year, we hit 2000. So it's been a while. I do, I do have <laughs> strong feelings about that actually. Uh, yeah, legends. No, 2021. So within two years we had hit, We had gone from, "Oh, we might be hitting a thousand soon to we are now at two thousand
4: i I think someone did a statistical breakdown, and something like twenty five percent of all viable commanders legal commanders were printed this year or something
1: mm. yeah
4: it's and it's an obscene number, um, yeah,
2: I will say in in defensive jumpstart, a lot of the times we get incredibly niche commanders. In yeah characters. jumpstart this isn't
0: yeah. jumpstart's fault no jumpstart has cool yeah. commanders it gave us oh, I, I will I, always
4: 100 percent yeah. of the blame on the next set on the list
2: <laughs> but before we go to that set just a note it gave us anti-blight who is one of my favorite cards ever printed she's so cute mm-hmm. little, little devil advisor well, yeah. whispering in the air
4: um jumpstart not being mm-hmm. tied to a specific plane lets us you know let lets it get to have weird characters like that. I believe this jumpstart also had another rabbit person, the the magician, right? That was this one.
2: Uh, I think so. We got like, a, it wasn't a, a legendary creature, but I think we did get another rabbit character.
0: Uh, so we also had commander legends Two: battle of Baldur's gate. That is the, one of the D and D sets. Uh, I think it's neat that we sometimes get these D and D sets. It's also like a mental break from like magic lore and it gives D fans stuff they want i think they're pretty cool uh,
2: for for the record the name of the set is uh magic the gathering commander legends
4: dungeons and dragons battle for balder's gate just just easy it out to there. remember it's commander <laughs> legends
0: too yeah 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 yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah uh i don't mind getting more D sets i worked on forgotten realms uh I don't like commander legends being a and D set because that's the kind of product where we usually get a lot of old magic characters getting new cards. And I think that space is
0: or their first cards. Yeah.
4: Better used on magic's IP. than D&D's.
0: I definitely think the first commander legends was, was just leaps and bounds. Yeah. Stronger than, yeah. than this one. Uh, we got a lot of uh, universes beyond, uh, Warhammer. We got, uh, street fighter, uh, we got uh, arcane. not uh, arcane. We got um, Transformers this year with Brothers War stuff in the Brothers War packs, which was interesting. I thought it was neat. I thought it was thematic for you know it's a bunch of it's a, it's a set about giant robots punching each other. It, it it fits there, and it they weren't standard legal, so it didn't hurt anything. Uh, but yeah, I I'm a big fan of universes beyond, honestly, if only because. We get cool stuff, and I don't have to think about the lore too much, except when I <laughs> volunteer myself as tribute as knowing a particular property pretty well, uh, and then get hired to do creative text for it. Which we'll talk about <laughs> in the future. Uh... <laughs> I wonder what. Uh, I
2: will say I love the Warhammer forty thousand uh, decks, and I thought they were really cool. Uh, and I think that seeing a lot of like traditional Magic cards with a different style and different flavor was a really fun way of like reminding everyone that, hey, these cards can just be like put in other worlds. There's no reason why we don't have like some of these lands set in other places or artifacts like a hedron archive that was not Zendikar was really cool. So I like that it does push us beyond those boundaries and says like, hey, you can reimagine these things. They don't have to be stuck on one world.
0: Booster fun has been honestly incredible this year like the 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 variants like the the streets of new capenna gilded stuff like all just absolutely gorgeous keep doing cool unique stuff like that please uh just don't do like the ink the kamigawa ink thing where it's like one in 500 or the foil (laughs) the foil shattered glass optimus prime that's going that's like incredibly incredibly rare like that that i don't like don't, mm, Jay, they, they
2: literally just did numbered artifacts with like special numbers on them in the
0: brothers yeah, or this
2: but, isn't this isn't going
0: away if you can get like a regular version of it uh-huh. that like because those numbered artifacts are like okay so this is like the special super rare version but like you can get the basically the same the exact same artifact without the number right like I mean, they're, so that's they're fine literally
4: all reprints
0: I mean, also their reprints, that's true. Uh, okay, but we are we have more to talk about. So let's talk about Boom. This has been a really big year for Boom. Uh, we got the conclusion of their first big story arc, the conclusion of their second big story arc, uh, two character-focused one-shots on a Johnny and Nahiri, and a miniseries called The Hidden Planeswalker. So what did we all think of Boom this year?
1: Loved it Perfect. Perfect. Was Tezzera Master of Metal also this year? Oh, was that, this year? that
0: was a... no, I think that was last year.
1: Okay, well, that was an all-star comic. Boom comics are pretty good. Um, I didn't expect them. I honestly was very pessimistic about them bringing back magic comics, but they are back, and they seem very successful, and they are having a blast writing these things, so I'm going mm-hmm. to keep enjoying them as a weird little magic AU. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, if I could get from e- from each of you who are boom comic enjoyers just give me like a sentence about give me give me one thing you like about what it does that makes it like fun for you
2: oh it 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 lets us like enjoy characters for a lot longer and a lot more specifically than I think magic story can allow us in the sense that we got an arc with like Chandra garrick and Nico and We're not going to get, like, a year-spanning arc with those characters in Magic story, probably ever. And it was cool to get that in comics.
1: Yeah, I think also, like, Lazav being in Raoul's dream while he was naked was pretty cool, too.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I guess it's cheating if my sentence about the comics is, they're a major narrative structure that I know nothing about the future of. Uh, So, uh... (laughs) You know, uh, that is honestly one of my favorite parts is I know nothing about the production of the comics. And so they all get to be surprises for me. But uh, again, it's just being a dead horse here. You get to see a bunch of different character interactions on like really small stuff, really good quippy stuff. Um, I think Jed has nailed all these characters uh, writing them. Um, and the Rich authors, is writing uh,
0: or co-writing the new arc. Yeah. Huh? hmm. Uh, Rich Duik, D-O-U-E-K or, or something like that. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but he's co-writing the new arc mm-hmm. uh, from 21 on.
1: Oh, hell yeah. It's I will a mini do arc, a... right? Anyway, that's another here order Go ahead, Carrie. I will do a reprise of my comment last year and say, please, for the love of God, do a secret layer that acknowledges that these comics exist, and I guarantee more people will know that these comics exist because of your secret layer. That's all. It's yep. free. It's literally free. Do it.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> I, I, that. That sounds like a great idea, Carrie. Yeah, I like that idea a lot.
1: Jay, you're being fishy.
4: <laughs> Let's get a Zona a planeswalker card faster than Dak got his.
0: No, yeah. <laughs> no one involves me in any any. I don't know anything about any kind of secret lair discussion, but that is definitely. Something that I have said on Twitter <laughs> and many other places is that there should be, like, a Metal Niv-Mizzet card. Uh, there should be, you know, like, a, you know, comic-specific versions of, of characters. Even if it's just, like, comic art, hire the artist. Uh, h- hire Ig uh, Guara to, to come and do, like, a Planeswalker card for you. I feel like that would be a slam dunk. Um, but anyway... So what I'm hearing is we get to spend time with characters we ordinarily wouldn't get to spend time with, and we get a lots of characterization in these comics, and they get to do wacky things. Like that's would, that, would you say those are the highlights of the comics? Yeah,
4: yeah. I uh, wack, yeah. wacky things. I, I guess I will say bold decisions. Uh, we got to kill Jace. <laughs> uh,
0: they they sure did. Killed we got dead. To kill Jace, and
2: he hasn't died in regular Magic story
0: in a comic yet. book. <laughs> um all right so there's another piece of media which uh you may not have heard of before especially if you haven't been listening to this podcast which is uh magic the gathering the visual guide also came <laughs> out uh the, and from, from
2: donkey kong limited yes we discussed that I,
0: <laughs> uh yeah if you like it if you like that kind of thing mm-hmm. buy it so they'll hire me to do like a revised and expanded version or something uh because dk does do those things Um, scandals, uh, the bullet points here says, I'm not talking about scandals, so we're going to move on. Um, so we had also had, uh, magic 30. It's listed here as magic fest, Las Vegas 30th anniversary edition. It was just called magic 30.
1: They had cool displays there and cool story panelists. It, it,
0: yeah, yeah. I I definitely this was a great year for Jay getting hired to do event to to like (laughs) be on camera for things Um, and people are like wow you're good at this and I'm like well I've been talking on a podcast for like five years now about magic story it's like pretty weekly until you started hiring me to do these things I was pretty pretty (laughs) weekly
4: (laughs) look I'll, I'll, I'll you did you did that eye drops thing at that panel you went hard. Good for you.
0: <laughs> I did. No, Got I leaned character. I leaned hard into it. My proudest moment was when I was looking at comments on the YouTube video for SNC and someone used some obscure Italian word to refer to Like, that is definitely a something or other. I forget what it was. I had to look it up. It wasn't like Guido or, or WAP or anything like that. Uh, <laughs> oh, so it wasn't
4: like a slur? <laughs> uh, I, <laughs>
0: We hope not. Uh, um, no 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 it was just like they're they're very i leaned hard into both of them so i'm glad people responded to them uh but magic 30 was the con atmosphere was just fantastic i'm the only one from the cast who was there next year i think more of us are going to try and go to philadelphia because uh, it's with driving distance we'll see. For, for me we'll see. yeah it's a it's a we'll see for some of us but that's okay
2: uh the thing I wanted to bring up about Magic Thirty was that there was a lot of Vorthos stuff. Like they yeah. they had like the weather light, they had all these like story things that were there. They really did like have story at the event, which they just didn't have at like pro tours before. So I thought that was like a really important thing. Well, except for like the Hour of Devastation reveal. That was a big that was a big cool thing.
4: But that you know that was I mean? cool, yeah, yeah. Um but I mean like So, like, the official panel list is up for uh, the one in Philly. the Pro Tour, uh, Phyrexia will be one. And there's going to be a panel on the Phyrexian language at a Pro Tour. And I think that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I do. I really like that they're kind of uh, opening. Well, so people were asking about that at the last con at at Magic 30. uh, And Matt Danner very coyly said, is that something you would all like to see? And Uh Matt is... I assume I, I have no, so I'm, I'm going to level with all of you. I have no idea who works for who or what anybody does at Wizards of the Coast outside of how <laughs> they interact with me. So uh-huh. like I just, in my vague nebulous mind, uh, Matt is somewhere in the org chart above most of the people I work with. So I assume things happen following up on that, but I actually have no idea how any of that pieces together.
4: Hey, because everyone has be a- titles
0: that are like manager and designer and producer and I don't know what any of that means.
4: Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe there will be a Vorthos cast panel at uh, at uh, MagicCon Philly, though. That would be cool. I sure hope
0: so. We might find mm-hmm. out in January, according to that website.
2: <laughs> Brian and I might have to road trip up to Philly because uh, depending on when that announcement comes in, plane tickets
3: <laughs> might not be possible. Yeah. Yeah. And like, ugh. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's it's really really pushing it, uh, I think, logistically uh, for, for that. What, um, what, are,
4: what are you talking about? Do you not just like hot on SEPTA 20 minutes to the convention center?
0: <laughs> Shut up, Lorelai. Uh, well, Brian and Chris, if you uh, use our wonderful train system and you want to take a full <laughs> day train up to like Virginia where it stops... I will drive down to Virginia and pick you both up. Uh, But okay, so that's about it for Magic 30. That's about it for what's on our I'm not going to go into looking forward. We'll we'll look forward when we look forward uh, next year. (laughs) Uh, So overall, uh, let's go through the cast one by one. How did Magic Story do this year?
2: Oh, you got to start us off. You're the the top of the list. What's the big one?
0: I think they hired me to do a third book. So, and they hired me for a lot of cool stuff. So big hype. Like I worked on the SNC panel. Uh, I'm sorry. I worked on the SNC videos. I was at a magic 30 panel. I was on the creative text for bro. I wrote uh, at least one book um, that is published now i am i i did pretty well this year (laughs) with magic story stuff so i'm pretty biased at this point
4: (laughs) yeah uh my bias is i named an ocean after homerids so uh
0: yes yes i love that miguel was just like yeah let's do it
4: miguel's great um uh, over overall um i think we saw I think we saw from the story itself, the web fiction itself, I think some of the best overall web fiction over the this year that we have ever seen in any of the years that Magic has done web fiction. Um, and world building wise, we saw a lot of risks being taken from rehabilitating Kamagawa to uh, having a very modern feeling world in Nukapenna to bringing back super-ancient old-time magic lore in Brothers' War. Uh, And, you know, the challenges that come with uh, hitting the proper nostalgia while also not going too hard on it so that people who weren't around for Brothers' War things back in the day were lost. And I think Magic has largely succeeded on a lot of really tough challenges this year, world-building-wise. And uh, so kudos to, to everyone on uh the creator team who who has who has done that kind of work uh y'all are great and i think y'all crushed it
3: um i think the story did well this year i really enjoy the fact that they did change the story presentation method to where we get all the story before uh, the set actually comes out um that's been amazing um I've been really happy with that. Uh, I think, for the most part, the story has done. I've liked most of the story. Like outside of the couple of moments of feeling rushed on Dominaria United, I think I I've liked. I've liked all the narratives. Um, I've liked what they've done with the characters. I like. Uh, I, I've liked how they've given us a feel for a bunch of characters that we didn't really have a ton of insight on recently. So um yeah i i i've i think they do well this year
2: yeah i I think this was uh i think this was probably the strongest year for magic story um just kind of reiterating folks in a really long time uh I think that it's pretty incredible that when I think of the the major story releases, like the weakest one was probably Dominar United, but it was still probably one of the better stories like like story arcs we've had in a long time. So I think that saying something like this is just a really strong year where even like the one that I look at and go, well, the pacing was kind of off uh, at points. It's still like a really good web fiction series. Um, I think that they've really found their stride with telling stories in through web fiction uh, again. And they have found a great way to uh, releasing it before previews, doing all of that, doing some little hype things like this uh, reveal for one where we know five of the 10 are not making it out. Uh, uncompleted is like just really cool focus on the story in a way that we haven't had in a long time, and I I love that. I love that we're. It feels like Magic Story is being integrated into Magic as a whole in a way that it
1: hadn't for a while, and I like that. Yeah, I think basically on every front, Magic Story has improved <laughs> over the course of this year. Um, there's, yeah, to reiterate both Brian and Chris's statements, like. Every single synergy that we've had, be it um, doing the previews or doing the story before the previews, the marketing that went along with it um, kind of teases like we have for a will be one coming up It is just an awesome, awesome way to fully integrate magic story when it has felt for a very long time, like its own separate thing that hasn't exactly been recognized and was more of, uh, you know, something to be stepped around because people didn't necessarily want to be spoiled prior. Uh, do these count as our final thoughts though?
0: No, we'll do, we'll do final thoughts in a second. Uh, cause I also realized we forgot to mention, we made a, the, just for the podcast, we made a play mat this year. We still oh, have some yeah. available yeah. if you're all interested. D- you know, DM me on Twitter if it still exists, and uh, <laughs> uh, or on Discord uh, or anywhere. There, I have a whole link tree. You can you can find me. Getting getting chase DMs uh, says Evan on our our live listen. Uh, so there is there is Carrie. If you're looking at live listen text chat, some people brought up something we haven't mentioned about magic story
1: oh no no that's what that was going to be my final. oh okay thought, okay perfect then Chris, <laughs> Chris can
0: just cut this part out uh, uh I will probably
2: not cut it out y'all give me a long episode to edit this is gonna be slapdash thrown
0: together that is perfectly fine <laughs> I think we're fine with a long long episode uh real quick uh, for just cast business before we move on to final thoughts uh the next two weeks we will not be having episodes because it's gonna be the Christmas holiday and the New Year's holiday. Uh, And we typically do not record uh, on those weeks. Uh, So we'll be back in the new year, perhaps with an in-depth interview with uh, this, you know, rising star new author uh, who wrote this book called Magic the Gathering, the Visual Guide. We'll see.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Is that really the first thing slated? It is.
2: (laughs) We we get three weeks of uh, holiday leave. Uh, paid holiday leave on the podcast with a couple of float floating weeks of uh, leave. <laughs> uh, really appreciate our supporters paying for that. It's it's very um it's great. <laughs> uh, all
0: right, so my final thought is Gigabash, which I have evan- evangelized all year <laughs> long on this podcast, <laughs> has finally gotten Godzilla DLC and the characters play amazingly. This is a dream game. I like bully my child into playing with me as often Jesus as possible. Christ. Um, right. it is an amazing game Buy it also by my right. book. All right. That's all right.
2: it. We're, all right. we're pulling up steam. We're pulling up steam. Giga, oh, giga bash. Is that one? Live final thoughts?
4: Uh, my final thoughts. Uh, so I've been watching Sonic boom.
0: Um,
4: uh, Oh, I want to watch that. I just partner. saw that came out. Um, a bunch uh, when when we hang out. It's uh, one of the best children's shows I have ever seen. The comedy on the show is Immaculate, but most importantly today, uh, we have re- we reached th- the Knuckles the Echidna Force fam episode, and that's just a thing that exists.
3: <laughs> well.
4: Ryan, final thoughts?
3: Thinking I'm um, kind of flabbergasted as to what I just heard. Um... <laughs> My final thought is that the uh, Critical Role uh, animated series uh, trailer came out today um, and looks pretty good. I can't wait. Even though I've already watched that entire season, it sounds like they're changing some things in the story to spice it up for the people who already know how the story ends in a roundabout way. But I enjoyed season one and I can't wait to see what they do with season two.
2: Well, uh, my final thought was going to be uh, about how good the destiny story is and how much fun I'm having with the the current event and everything going on. It's fun to bake cookies in a, uh, MMO f- FPS where you kill aliens. Uh, but now my final thought is that I have giga bash in my steam, uh, part. <laughs> so when we're done, we can, we can deal with that. But, uh, Jay, I think you've been on the episode for or been on the podcast for like half the episodes this year, and I would venture to say 85% of your final thoughts <laughs> from half here have been about Gigabash.
0: It, so, I, um, I love it. I love it.
2: At some point, if any of the people who work on marketing for Gigabash listen to this podcast and you want to hit us up for a sponsorship, we need back pay.
0: They're, they're like <laughs> an indie studio in I'd have to, I'd have to check. I'm not sure if it's, uh, it's, it's a Southeastern, uh, country. I forget which. A Southeast Asian country. I mean, um, side note, I do want to get back into destiny, but I have to finish (laughs) God of War, which is way too big, uh, 2018, which I have not finished yet. And I have to finish, uh, they just came out with a final story DLC for Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And when I finally finish these two darn games, I can delete them from my hard drive and have space for new games. And also play more Destiny. But anyway, Carrie, I'm sorry.
1: My final thought is very serious warning that as of the time that you're listening to this episode, you have 13, maybe even 12 days to consume both the prequel novel by Django Wexler and the Netflix series, which is coming out in 2022 for Magic the Gathering. Um, it's definitely still coming. I'm I'm like 99% sure it exists, but... I am a little sad that it didn't actually come out during 2022, maybe early 2023. It is really going to get tangled up in this, uh, new Phyrexia war stuff and possibly not overshadowed by it, but won't exactly jive. But as a, as somebody who got into the game because of Gideon Jura in duels of the planeswalkers, I am looking forward to Gideon Jura, the show, even if it is, um, not under ideal circumstances. Oh my god, is, so. is, that why, is that why you made so many meme edits of that video? Oh that yeah, I'm, no, no. I'm about to die. I made, a, I made a commander deck that is, I recently made a commander deck that is Gideon Jura's wielding steel deck from the original Duels of the Planeswalkers game, but in commander deck form. And then I played with it, got my ass whooped, and decided, oh, I should probably <laughs> put some good cards in this instead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wow. Well.
4: Patreon.com slash the Vorthos cast. Support the show. Look, I, it's the end of the year. We got. I don't need a segue. Uh, our patrons are great. Y'all keep the show running, and we appreciate you a lot. Uh, everyone who supports us on Patreon gets uh access to our discord community and this is the part where i have to say we're well, is from around we're around the world or blah 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 blah, blah. it's great <laughs> people are having a good time just get on there already just do it
0: talking a lot of pokemon we're talking a lot of destiny uh those are the two big ones right now in oh, who our cares? gaming everyone's section. talking about
4: which <laughs> planeswalkers are getting completed and i already know and the rationales y'all people come up with are fantastic i love reading this stuff
0: they are hilarious i love it
2: very importantly, we have a whole channel for the Netflix show as well. So uh, <laughs> we've, got <it> ready. <laughs> we've got a whole channel
0: to discuss, <laughs> channel to discuss what, what's happening in, in, in the show. Yep. Okay. Uh, well, thank you all for listening. This has been the Vorthos cast.